Welcome to Momentum Church. Hey, morning, everybody. How's it? Didn't Pastor Brantley do a good job with announcements? Yes, I'm so proud of you. If you're new here, I normally do that. And so that's me poking fun at him. Well, welcome. Um, again, if you're new here, I'm Stephanie. I am the Connections and Outreach Pastor here at Momentum Church. Uh, I tell people I get to do all of the fun things. And so thank you for being here with us this morning. I am so glad that you're here, like you said. Um, man, we are going to jump into some scripture today, and I am really, really looking forward to it. Before we do, um, if you are, guys are on social media, or um, you may have seen um, Pastor Ross, um, who is our lead pastor here, um, lost his mom this past week. Um, and his nephew, Pastor Brian, who is on staff, they have all um, made the trip back up to Ohio this weekend to be there, to be with family. And so before we jump in um, to the rest of service today, would y'all um, pray with me for them as they move through and navigate um, this season um, without Mama Wiseman? So let, let's pray. Um, Lord, God, we know that this was never your plan. It was never your plan um, for us to hurt. <laughs> it was never your plan um, for there to, to be death, God. But um, we know that in the middle of what wasn't your plan, you still show up. God, you didn't abandon that plan and you did not abandon us. God, and I know that you will not abandon the Wisemans during this time, Lord. And so I pray as they um, move through this season, be with our pastors. God, be with their hearts, be with their family, God, as they navigate um, this weekend and then on into this season. God, I pray that you would help them to ride those waves of grief um, well and in your presence, because we know um, that that is where we find um, the peace and joy that will carry us through. Be, again, be with our pastor. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. So we are going to... Um, <laughs> He was being helpful, and I appreciate it. <laughs> if you had your eyes closed like a good Christian, you didn't see that um, dur during the prayer. So <laughs> it's all good. Uh, no, thank you so much. Um, well, all right. So we're going to jump in. I'm going to go ahead and um, let y'all get turning to Luke chapter 10. We're going to be... Oh, God, this is good service right here. Man, I tell you what. Look at that. These are guys. Hey, clap for these guys. Thank you so much. Look at them. Oh, thanks, guys. They take good care of me. Y'all wouldn't do that for Ross. Y'all would have made him happy. He just had to figure it out, wouldn't you? <laughs> Maybe, he said. All right. Luke chapter, uh, chapter 10, we're going to get into. This is an account in scripture of Mary and Martha, their sisters, and they, um, they have a brother named Lazarus, you may have heard of him, and so these ladies are um, hosting, if you will, Jesus and his disciples as he is, as he is coming through town. And we um, see in this scripture, Mary is um, the younger sister. Jesus is talking and teaching, and she comes and she sits at his feet. You know what I mean? She's listening to the teaching. And then we have Martha, who is running around. She's busy with preparations, getting things ready, um, because there's company has come, and they've, she's got to figure out what to, what to do, so she's running around, and she starts to get frustrated with all the work that she's doing alone, 
by herself, and she comes, uh, gets to this point where she comes to Jesus with this complaint, that here I am doing all this work by myself, she gets frustrated, shows up to Jesus. And this is going to be, I've had so much fun studying this, and, I, and we're going to go on this journey um, together, and I hope that as we talk through kind of the hearts that we have, like Martha at times, that are busy, I hope that you will walk away today as encouraged as I was as I went through this study. Um, I hope you feel encouraged. I hope, you f- I hope it is freeing for you. Because I think it, in church sometimes we look at the, at the story of Mary and Martha. And uh, again, if you've, if you've been around church for a little bit, you probably have heard it. If not, again, I'm excited to go on this journey with you today. But if you've heard it, I feel like a lot of times um, it's just like we, you just add things to the plate. It's like you got to slow down and listen to Jesus, but also do all these other things. Do you ever feel that way? It's like, slow down and listen to Jesus, or you're a bad Christian. But if you don't do all these things, you're also a bad Christian. It's like, what do I do? You know? And so I am really excited to jump into this. And again, I hope that as we go through it, you leave today feeling as encouraged. And again, you feel how freeing it is. Um, Because again, I think that we all at times get frustrated with all that we have to do. You know, we all have get it. We've been there. Ladies, help me out. She just wants someone to help her out around the house. Am I right? She's got all of this stuff to do, and just somebody in this house, please help me. And, and I say that jokingly. I cannot say that. My husband is looking at him over there. He's like, mm. Tom, my long-suffering husband, he does more dishes and more laundry around our house than I do. I, I kid you not. He really does. Uh, to the point that last week, my a four-year-old, A.B., she, I'm folding laundry in our living room, and she looks me dead in the eye, and she goes, Mom, you don't fold laundry. Daddy does all the laundry. And I was just like, I looked at her, and I was like, hey, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Sure does. You remember that. No, but he really is. Tom, you are the most handsome gift that God ever gave me and my greatest blessing. Thank you, Tom Robinson. Can you thank him for putting up with me? He wasn't here for service. He thought he got out of that, but he didn't. All right. But, you know, we all, we do, we, we all struggle with that at times, and, and like I said, I don't <laughs> know, but we're going to jump in now that, we've, now that we've all laughed together. We're going to be Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We're going to jump into scripture, and I'm going to try to stay close to the notes so that we get out of here in time for everyone to get to lunch, so y'all bear with me. All right, everyone there, verse 38, did y'all have enough time to scroll, scroll down? Okay, good. Verse 38, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered the village. That's Jesus and his disciples. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Verse 40, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. One of the tech guys between service was like, do you think this is as close as Jesus ever got to being nagged by a wife? <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. And I, so Chance, thank you for the, thank you for the laugh. So when she went up to the Lord and said, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Everyone say one thing. One thing is necessary. 
Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And you know, guys, I think Martha, for centuries, has gotten such a bad rap for this portion of scripture. Because what I see, I see a woman who's just trying to get some stuff done. I see a woman who's just like, somebody has got to make lunch. Right? Somebody has got to make lunch. She's got a house full of people. It's about to be lunchtime. And they're sitting in your kitchen. Martha was doing what was expected of her. Honestly, that was the expectation that people were in your house and you were going to feed them. And I think that that's important that we start off with that we know that this whole account is not a dog on her faith. She had faith. She believed in Jesus. She she was a friend of Jesus. It doesn't speak to her lack of faith, but rather to her tendency to be human. Like many of us tend to be human. And scripture says that she welcomed Jesus into her house. And with that invitation came an expectation of the accommodations that she was going to make. And especially in that culture. I mean, y'all think that we got some expectation on host here. Especially culturally, in that time, it was expected that you were going to provide for the people who you invited into your home. So much to the point that if you invited a guest into your home, it was expected that they would not be alone for as long as they stayed with you. That means they went with you to, to the kitchen to eat. They expected that someone was going to sleep in the same room as them. Like they all slept with clothes on, you know, so they were like, they, but they would, they would send different members of the family to stay with the person they had been, that had been invited into their home, which is interesting as we approach this Christmas season, because I think that it puts a different perspective on what it looks like for Mary and Joseph to show up at somebody's house and for them to um, not be invited in to stay to someone because the stable most likely was not you know, out far from the home. It was most likely close to the home of the individual who they were asking to stay. And that means that you're inviting a man and his very pregnant wife into your home. And she, in in biblical times, she was about to give birth to a baby, which means she was about to be unclean, which means she was not supposed to be around someone for the next week. So as you're invited, there's a lot that goes in to this this culture and what it looks like to invite someone into your home. So as you leave today, you're going to get an updated nativity scene that you can take home. I'm just kidding. You're not going to get a nativity (laughs) scene. Some of y'all got excited about that. If you will, just turn the stable over like towards Barbie's house and like put it closer and that'll be a more accurate representation. But the idea is that there, there are more implications than just like, come on in. Glasses are over there, plates are in the cabinet, help yourself to the fridge. There was expectations for Martha that somebody had to make lunch. And she's just trying to fulfill those expectations. And scripture says that she was distracted. And you guys are going to go on a nerdy little journey with me because I did a lot of word study as I looked at this because it's just so interesting to me. So you're going to, we're going to look at some different words and what it actually meant in the context of the scripture. But it says that she was distracted. But the Greek says that it means to draw away. So not just like I'm preoccupied, but I'm like one ear, 
you got that mom or daddy here where you're listening, you're doing something else, but you're listening. It wasn't just like that she was preoccupied, she was drawn away, which I think is important. Like we just had Thanksgiving. Does anyone, anyone like my family that everyone in the living room is having a conversation and there's that one person in the kitchen that's like trying to do something with food or load the dishwasher and they're still trying to be a part of the conversation happening in the living room? Like, oh yeah, I was there. No, that wasn't right. That was Aunt Lucy, you know? It might just be my family. And it's like, you're not part of this conversation. Come into the living room and you will be able to hear us. You know, but that's not what we see Martha doing. She was not actively trying to be part of this conversation. She was busy about other things. She was, distra- she was drawn away by what she was putting her hands to. And I think that she was drawn away physically and mentally, but I would love to be so bold as to say, I wonder if she was drawn away emotionally as well. Because in scripture, we see that at some point, she gets to a breaking point. At some point, she's working, and she just can't take it anymore. Because she's human, right? And scripture tells us that she went up to Jesus, and she implores him for help. Like I think, honestly, many of us would have done if we were in her shoes, because she has all this stuff to do, and she feels alone. And if I had to guess, she probably wishes that she was sitting at Jesus' feet, but she feels the expectation to do all of this stuff and, and in the process just starts feeling very alone. And I don't know about you, but that would frustrate me, especially if there's people who are sitting down. And we see Martha enter the room and she walks up to Jesus and she says five words that I think a lot of us have probably said to him at some point, and it's, Lord, do you not care? Oof. Lord, don't you care? And I think it's, it's easy at this time of year to put it into a, uh, in kind of the Christmas um, expectations, right? The holiday pressures of, Lord, don't you care that I'm killing myself trying to make this Christmas magical for the children? Don't you care that I'm reading my kids the Christmas story every night so they grow up learning about how you came to earth as a little big baby, angels, shepherds, all the things. Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm working through the Advent devotional, just trying to figure out where this peace and joy is that I am supposed to be having during this time? Don't you care that I added in an extra counseling session so I can go to family dinner and be Christ-like to the people who maybe had to book the family session in the first place? That's not from real life. (laughs) Lord, Lord, I'm drowning here. Tell her to help me. I think we find her in a very human situation. But Jesus, like he is known all too well to do, takes the social expectation and flips it. And in verse 41, here's what we see him say to her. He says, Martha, Martha. And I love that he starts out that way. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And I love that he says her name twice. Because repeating a person's name is a Hebrew expression of intimacy. It's a Hebrew expression of love and care to say a person's name twice like that. And it actually only happens about 10 other times in scripture where Jesus calls someone's name twice. One that I thought was really interesting was when he was on the cross. 
He called to his father, and he said, Eli, Eli, lema shabbatthani, and Trisha can correct me because I probably said that wrong. But it means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A, a phrase we've heard often, probably, around church. But something that I found so neat in the scriptures, in verse 40, Martha says to Mary that she was left alone to serve. And that phrase, has left, means to desert, abandon, or to forsake. And I thought it was so interesting. So, so interesting that the Lord sees that. He sees that heart. He sees that feeling. And it's one that he's going to come to know on a, on a much, much different level. But he sees her. He hears her cry. Why have you left me alone? Tell her to help me. And immediately he says, Martha, Martha. Immediately he says, I do care. Immediately everyone else in that room would, would have known this. They would have known that that repetition of the name meant care, meant devotion, meant, was an, like an intimate way to express that I see you and I care. I see you and I hear you. And I love that he speaks that to her. Because Martha assumed Jesus' expectations when he came into the home, when, she, when he came into her home, right? She assumed that he was expecting lunch. Man, he wasn't. In verse 41, we pick up, it says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Everyone say one thing. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. You see, Jesus did not want Martha to come and sit down because he needed more of an audience, right? He has the audience of heaven. He does not need one more person sitting in front of him. He wanted her attention. He wanted her proximity so that she could hear what he had to say, apart from the distraction. Hear what he had to say and not while she was drawn away to be able to hear what he was saying to her. And in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by, anybody, hearing? And hearing from the word of God. And how, how you can't hear the word of God any better than by hearing the word right in front of you. And I know that that scripture in context is looking um, for people's salvation, that that faith, that salvation comes from, from hearing. But I, you know, I think that he wanted her to hear this. He, he wanted her faith to be bolstered. Because soon, he was going to leave, and her brother was going to die. Soon, he was going to go, and Lazarus would be dead. And two days after he died, Jesus shows up, and she has to go look him in the eye. He knew she was going to need the faith that, by the way, she did have. Because when he shows back up, she goes out to him and she says, hey, my brother's died, but you say the word. That's a paraphrase. She didn't say it quite like that. But, we'll, but go look it up. And she said, she's like, but you, but you still God. You know. You can do it. And she has this conversation, this whole conversation with him that continues to allude to her faith. And I think he knew that she was going to need that. She was going to need that time in his presence, that time hearing from him. 
And then he was going to need it. She was going to need it even more because he was about to go. He was going to die. And she was going to need those times of bolstering faith because that one thing that was necessary was his presence. The one thing that was necessary was hearing him. And I love that she, um, he speaks to her choice. He speaks to the choices that we, and honestly, that we all have. Mary had the choice and she chose to sit. And honestly, I don't know what the cultural expectations were of her in her sister's house. There's some people that will say that, you know, that Martha was the older sister and so she would have lived with her, you know, so Mary would have lived with her sister. Maybe not, I, I, I can't say for sure what the expectations were of the sister in this situation. But, I, but it says that she chose to sit at, the, at his feet. She chose the good portion. And Jesus said that she chose it and it would not be taken from her. And which is, again, y'all go on me with a, a little nerdy journey. That word taken, do you think it just means to like take something and turn around and walk away? It doesn't. Who wants to know what it means? I know, get excited. So this word taken Again, it doesn't mean that I'm like, I, that Corey took my coffee and dumped it over. That's not what it means. It means that he, it, it's a word in scripture where when um, Jesus is in the garden, right before um, he's going to be crucified, Peter takes out his sword and he cuts off the ear of one of, one of the high priest servants. He, he took it. He took it off. That's the kind of, that is the, the took that they're talking about here. That is the taken that they're talking about. Jesus takes away sin. Those, that's the word that is used here. You're dismembering someone's face or Jesus is taking away the sins of all mankind. That's the same word that Jesus uses when he says, she won't be taken from my presence. Whew. Man, he wants us there. I love that Jesus had compassion for Martha, but he was not going to let her take Mary from his presence. Hmm. So, again, Martha assumed Jesus' expectation when he entered her home, and it kept her busy. It kept her drawn away. So my question for us today is, what keeps us drawn away? What, like Martha keeps us mentally, maybe even physically and emotionally drawn away from being in the presence of God. Not because we're bad people or that we don't love Jesus. Because again, Martha knew the Lord. This was not a, you don't love me, so you're busy. It was a, you're busy. What keeps us from being drawn away or keeps us drawn away? Are you busy because of some of the cultural expectations of our time? I'll be honest. I can be drawn away. There's a lot of things that I can do with my time that I do drawn away from, from his spirit. There's a, Instagram algorithm is full of things that will take my time. I wish everything in my house was in a clear plastic bin with a cute label, restocked, shh, 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 shh. Man. And I could, and I could do it, and I could sing to the Lord as I did, 
<laughs> you know? What is that, what is the expectation? And again, like I said, we used some silly Christmas examples earlier, but, but what do we busy ourselves with? You know, and you may, have the, you may have the thing in your head right now. I don't even have to say, I don't have to give you an example you already know. You know, is it, is it that, you know, you're busy because you work. You, you are an achiever and you will not say no. You're going to get that bonus. I'm going to work hours and hours because it's staff meeting. And I need that. I'm going to work hours for that 30 seconds in staff meeting when they'll say, hey, good job closing that account. We couldn't have done it without you. Oof. That's a good 30 seconds. It's a good bonus. We won't say no. Or is it, I can't slow down. I can't, I can't sit because if I take a second, if I stop being busy and I sit, I'm gonna have to process the trauma. If I stop and I'm left with these thoughts, I'm gonna have to process the hurt. It would just be easier to run and run and run and do and do and do. I'm going to have to process the loss. I'm going to have to process that person that did forsake me. But it's necessary. What's the one thing that's necessary? His presence. Because if you do slow down, where do we find healing from all of that? In his presence. Right? And that's what I want to encourage all of us to do. This is not complicated. It's not easy, but it is not complicated. I want all of us, I want to encourage all of us, find some time. Find some time to talk to Jesus today. Do it today. Especially if you feel like you're in that Martha frame of mind. Where you're like, I love Jesus. It's my Lord, I follow him, all those things, but, I'm, but I recognize that I'm busy and I'm not hearing his voice. I recognize I'm busy and it's pulling me away from the one thing that's necessary. Or maybe, you're, again, you're busy because life hurts. And you look at him and you say, do you care? Man, I want to encourage you to again find time to be with the Lord and let him speak to you. Let him call your name twice. Jessica, Jessica. Chip, Chip. Christina, Christina. And when you feel like you're not sure, Lord, do you care? Let him speak to you twice and call your name. And like I said, I'm not saying we just slow down and we sit and we do nothing. It is not about having an empty Google calendar. It is about having a full calendar and a full heart too. I'm not saying, again, pick up all the stuff and run with all the things. I'm saying find for yourself in the presence of the Lord what is necessary. Even if it means stopping what you're doing, even if it means shaking off some expectations, find where Jesus is and be attentive to his presence. Because if we can get in his presence, we will always be experiencing what is necessary. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, 
Thank you that you care. Thank you that you see us when we're busy and drawn away. Thank you that you see us when we sit at your feet. Thank you for the example of Martha who loves you and was also busy. God, that we can find our own humanity in that. That is not, all, is not right and wrong when it came to Mary and Martha. God, she loved you. God, but you wanted to draw her close. God, and I pray as we, as we all move, God, through the rest of this, this holiday season and God, really into the rest of our lives, as we find ourselves full of things to do, as we find our, our calendars full, our activities full, our plates full, help us not to be drawn away in that. Lord, I pray that even in all of those things, God, we have an attentive ear to your heart and to your word. With head still bowed, if you're in this place and you'll say, Stephanie, that, that is me. My schedule is full not even my schedule, my, my heart is full. I'm busy about things. I've been drawn away. And I really needed to hear the Lord call my name. Will you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you this week. Oh, yeah, lots of hands. Yeah, 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 guys. All right, I'm going to pray for you now. Jesus, God, for all of the hands, God, speak their names to them today. In your name, Jesus. Let them know that you are, they are seen. God, and they... And that you know they just want to make you lunch. They just want to serve you well. They want to do right by the, by the God that they welcome. They invited into their home of their hearts. God, don't let there be any discouragement or condemnation. God, but they know that you see them. You are compassionate to them as you call their name. God, and I pray that you would help them find times to hear you speak that name, God, and then draw us all into your presence. Help us find that one thing, that one thing that you tell us about, the one thing that is necessary. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.